I caught up with Philip Strand of Swedish rock band Normandy for an interview on tapping into his lowest points in life to write the band's new album, Dark and Beautiful Secrets. Hope you enjoy the interview. Hi, this is Philip from Normandy, and I'm talking here to Rob on Front Row Live. I am super excited that I recently discovered your band because I'm like seriously hooked on your music, your lyrics, uh, your sound. Um, let's jump in and talk about Hostage, which is the most current single right now. And, you know, this is such a very personal song. It's such a heavy song in that aspect um, for you as the writer and 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 living this moment with with the battle of anxiety, like how were you able to get this uh, song out, let alone like write these lyrics for the track? Are you, you're going deep the first second, that's great. Uh, how I managed to let it out sort of, or do you mean like tapping into that emotion and all that? Yeah. Yes. This was one of the later songs that was written in this album. And I think, uh, like the further into the because the entire album is an album about different feelings and emotions that I've gone through as a teenager. And I think that I was sort of already in the, you know, in the loop of this entire like digging into my past thingy that when I actually came to that story in my like in my 22 when I was 22 and, and all that stuff, I think I was already, you know, I was warm and ready to dig deep straight into the lyrics. And I think one of the more, like one of the things that I've started doing recently that is very new to me is, is writing in a story perspective. Kind of like if you listen to uh, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a weird reference to have for me, but his way of writing is very much storyline and, and hostage is that way. So like the verses are, basically painting a picture of a physical meeting but it's actually gonna be interpreted as a um a conversation that you have inside your own head so it's yeah for me it was i don't know as far as uh you know having that conversation with you inside your head and being able to put it to paper and then on top of it being able to release it in the form of a song i feel like that's a challenge in itself so what was yeah. that process like for you going from that thought in your head to what we listen to today. Yeah, so usually when I write music, I start with the melodies and the music and the production. And then I let sort of, without it sounding cringy, I let the, the song speak to me what it wants to be about, sort of. And that makes it easier for me to connect the lyrics to the actual emotion of the song. And, and for me, this song felt like, I don't know, the, the chorus felt like 100% panic mode. And the verses sort of felt repetitive in a way. So I, I just started from there and, and wanted to get into that kind of emotion. And I think, to be real honest, I think I didn't know what I was writing about until maybe mid-song. Mid like from the beginning, from, from the get-go, it was just a story about sort of being stuck in emotion and like, doing the same thing every day and every you know every hour of your life and then the actual depression came to thought you know i started thinking about that period in my life and i was like yeah maybe i should actually go that deep with this song and it wasn't it wasn't that easy i mean i haven't really thought about that period of my life since it happened it was a very weird year for me and 
it has shaped and formed the, the person that I am today, but it's also something that I've been really ashamed of and even ashamed of talking about. Like, you know, if you if I would tell you now over air that, oh, when I look myself in the mirror, I don't recognize my face. You know, that's that's pretty it's pretty weird. And I had a full year like that. And as a 22 year old man or boy that's trying to find himself, that's probably the lowest point I've ever been. And and it's hard to to tap into that kind of emotion now that I'm 28 and, and sort of accepting that that was a big part of my life going through anxiety and depression. I never saw myself as a depressed person. And I, I don't think that anybody does from the get go. And like it happened to me when I was the most happy. I I met a new a new partner in life and we were really happy and a month into that relationship, nothing it doesn't have to do anything with the relationship, but that's when it hit me and I was like going from happiest place to the most darkest place I've ever been. So it felt like I needed to do this song, but I also was very hesitant of talking about it because everybody's emotions that are connected to anxiety is very different everybody experienced anxiety and depression in a different way and i i don't want to go and say like okay this is what depression is and then somebody else goes and say like oh it's not like that it's worse or you know even it could be the other way around like i know depression this is not depression and yeah so i was a bit hesitant but i feel that at the end of the day it's just this entire album is a, a way of just explaining what I've been through. And then you could take whatever you want from that. we never wrote this album to grow and become a bigger band, really. We actually, we looked at our previous success, White Flag, and that, I mean, just the song White Flag has streamed 9 million times now. And as a Swedish rock band, that's a little bit more than we expected with that song. <laughs> to follow up that album, it, it just felt like an impossible task. So we decided to do something different instead of trying to beat that album streaming wise. So we try to do something more personal. And and honestly, from the day one, I've, I've had the mentality that if I can just tell these stories and nobody if like if you're not able to connect with it and you don't like it, then that's fine. Because I thought I think that I needed to write this album for myself in a way right? Just to leave it in the past, but also like, you know, go go through that as a mature mind right 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 and and you know that's the thing with with the third record also that i feel like the first and the third records are the most difficult because the first you're trying to give you're trying to gain audience but you're trying to give them an identity yeah. of who the band is and then you know you have success with first and second and then the third you're trying to show them that something's better um, and then you have a, uh, an album like White Flag, like you mentioned, and it's like that, that's even more pressure. But the fact that you opened up more on this record, I feel like it was also um, like a reintroduction of the band. And I'm not saying that the sound changed, but it's more of like, let's get more personal um, yeah. with the audience that you already have. So in saying that, like the fact that you wrote such a heavy song like Hostage and then the rest of the stuff that's on Dark and Beautiful Secrets, like did you and the band kind of discover yourselves in a different way as you were in the writing or even the production process, the recording process of this album? Very much so. I think like going from the first album to the second album, everything changed as well. So we, we you know, we started out a metalcore band like many other bands. We had a screamer and everything, the whole package. 
and then going into writing our first album that became a semi success but to us it became a just a pivotal moment of us breaking away from that metalcore background and i think that's the like the first time we actually divided our fan base into two <laughs> and saw you know we still see that echoing now into this album like people request metalcore music and what we've done with every single al album is like we've deleted all the presets we've de deleted all the demos we never bring a demo from one album to another one and say like oh maybe it will works in the future because that's like yeah we'll ne we'll never do that i think so everything that's not on this album it needs to go <laughs> and going into writing this album is just i don't know we knew from the start that we were you know we started writing it before white flag was even sent to mixing so we well yeah we sent we sent white flag to mixing and then i started you know playing around with some really really weird ideas and that's the way we've always worked like we start this we start on on the left side and on the right side as far as we can go and then we'll see whatever meets in the middle and like we we have everything from congas in holy water to um well vocoders and and very poppy stuff and then we have like i'm doing a, a lot of the ambiences and, and synths with my vo voice on this record and it's basically because it's the way that i've learned to work with atmospheres and I think all of that comes from having such a long time of, of just playing around before actually starting the real demoing. And yeah, so that's why I think the sound kind of changed for every album, but it's still like, it's still Normandy in the core of everything. I love that you did mention that um, you kind of use your voice to be like that ambient kind of sound. Um, yeah. because listening to the tracks that have been released so far, like there is this mixture of like, uh, different styles, different sounds in a sense. So it made me wonder if like, there was, uh, ways of creating these background noises yeah. without, you know, the typical way of using a computer or using an instrument. Um, yeah. so as you mentioned, your voice was your voice, the most unique way to kind of record something, a sound for this album, or did you try something differently? Oh, we've tried everything, <laughs> really everything we've, we've like everything apart from farting into the mic. We've, <laughs> we've done that before, but it hasn't ended up in, in a finished product. But yeah, everything from like in Babylon, we, we uh, I'm like coughing into the mic and like breathing mm. and stuff like that. And that became a percussion loop and we've like shouts and reversed vocals. And I am, I'm, I'm singing a bit of opera in, uh, I think it is in, it must be Babylon in the bridge section. There's like a vo vocal sample. I can see if I can bring it up and like play it in. That could be really cool. I have all the stems here in my computer. Yeah, here. So it's like. I 
I'm going to go deeper into the production another time. Like I'm trying to do like YouTube stuff. We'll see what happens. But it's a lot of that stuff and, and even singing opera into the mic and then reversing everything and like playing it through different reverbs and everything. I think I've when you have that much time to do stuff, you can actually start creating from scratch and really try things you've never tried before. And then as soon as the label is like, okay, this is the deadline date or whatever, then that's when we actually need to kick into gear and start producing the record. And the earlier, like we've started playing around with uh, ideas for album number four now, because that means that we are actually probably one year ahead of the deadlines. And that freedom is both really, really scary, but it's also a really, really wonderful thing for me because I am sort of like a visionist or a visionary when it comes to wanting, like I have a real need to be creative in both production and mixing and actual writing as well. And there's no way for me to do that under time pressure. <laughs> Not at all. That's when right. I start to kick into old habits and, you know, start doing the same things again. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, you guys self-produced this record also, right? Yeah, and it's the first time we actually mixed the record as well. So I mixed the record, wow. and I'm really happy with that product. I'm really, really, really happy with it. That's, I mean, that's great that, you know, one, you had the time, but I feel like, I feel like if you had worked with another producer or with a producer outside of the band, I feel like these experiments that you did for this record probably would not have resonated the same. Um, yeah. But like how, you know, as while you guys are self-producing this album, how do you guys differentiate from the producer of the band at the time to the main to a member of the band at the time when you're recording your stuff um we don't <laughs> that's the issue here no i think like it's it's all for good and for bad obviously we don't have a well we have a two managers and a label and like a pr team well the pr team doesn't really kick in but Everybody has a bit of an opinion about the stuff that we do. Most of it we don't really listen to, but we keep our ears open and, you know, for feedback and stuff. And I think that, I don't know, we, with this album, we really wanted to have a product that is 100% Normandy because when I listen back to our previous records, I, th I really, really like it. And I think that White Flag, the song White Flag, it has something that is very unique but at the same time, it's not. And I've, I've always had this pressure of being like, I want people to be able to put on a song and go like, yeah, that's Normandy. Or when somebody else writes a song and go like, oh, that sounds like Normandy. I want to be like the, I want to create a new path in this already really messed up genre of rock music. And the only way to do that is to stop listening and stop thinking about the details or like the feedback too much and for us we've never really been we've always been creators and not really band members and like we get the question all the time like when are you going to get a new bass player because <laughs> we don't have a bass player anymore but i think we're not really that type of band that that needs to be because in that if we were thinking like that all the time we need to get a keyboardist we need to get a tambourinist or whatever you call that <laughs> We need to get a second guitarist as well. And like, that's not even an option because we are creators. And if we bring another member into this, that's going to change the sound maybe. And for, for us, it's just, it's us three creating what 
all three of us agree that is Normandy. And for now, it sounds and it feels exactly where it needs to be. And that's why we decided to mix it as well. It's like, how can we create a product that we can present to people and say, this is Normandy from head to toe, like all the way to the end product and actually sending away to mastering and having the mastering engineer not really change or shape the sound too much, just make it radio friendly. And that's it. So like all the songs that you hear right now are from demoing to mixing is Normandy. And, and it's the first time I really felt like we can actually stand behind the product and say like, this is exactly the way it should be. Oh. And yeah, to have that freedom is, is kind of amazing. It feels for the first time ever, it feels like a full circle for me. Mm. I've always missed something releasing an album. Wow. But this time, I'm this not like yet. the full package. Yeah, it, it feels like heaven. It's <laughs> 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 well, heaven to be. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the fact that the three of you worked on this entirely yeah. from head to toe, as you did mention, um, yeah. what is that chemistry like between all of you? And I know, you know, you mentioned like, this is about, um, you know, dark times or, or things you went through, but when you're writing the music, do they come in as well and help you with the lyrics also, or is that something that you kind of keep to yourself because it's something that you're bringing out of your past, out of your life? Um, I mean, we've had discussions about it, but nobody's ever stood up and said like, we've, we've had discussions about the topics, but never the lyrics. They're not really lyricists and they completely trust me when it comes to lyrics for good or bad. Previously, I'm not really like, I can see a progression in my lyric writing from the first to the second to the third album. And I can really feel that. I've managed to find a way to express myself. And I don't think that the rest of the band would or could keep up with that and be able to actually feedback at the same level, sort of. So for now, I, I mean, I, for good or bad, really, I, I am the lyricist and I, I'm not really receiving any concrete feedback on, on word plays or like what type of sentence I should build. But when it comes to rhythms and melodies and stuff, we all feedback each other. And especially for uh, one song on the album, uh, it's thrown in the gutter. Uh, and that song had a really hard time finding like the peak moment of that chorus. And I always thought it was there, <laughs> but the rest of the guys didn't. So they pushed me to keep trying. So in that way, I'm always open to, to feedback in that regard. But yeah, lyrics, no, <laughs> never <laughs> happened, I think. Yeah, I, I know that me and Hawk and our guitarist, we wrote the, the, the lyrics for the bridge. Uh, sorry, for the, yeah, for the bridge and the pre-choruses in Holy Water. Like we speak in tongues, that part. We speak in tongues, worship the sun. Because that was such a hard way to put a sentence. It's like, duh, 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 worship the sun. Yeah. Duh, duh, duh. And we really put the nail, the hammer on the nail or the nail on the head. I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> nail on the head. Uh, we, we needed to nail that one. <laughs> on the head. I needed help with that one. And we got it where it needed to be after like three hours or something. <laughs> wow. 
And, and uh, did you find yourself uh, yeah. having that kind of struggle with any other songs as well? Like fighting, finding the cadence. And when you found that cadence, like what, um, like, did that change the way that you wrote or that you had initially written those lyrics? Um, not lyric wise, but I know that atmosphere was the longest, like it was the first song to be sort of created in its womb. But then it was also the one of the last, probably the last song to be finished. Because it was to beginning, like from the beginning was supposed to be a song that was sort of like one and a half minute long, a verse and a pre and a verse and a pre and then an outro. So more like a, I don't know, a hipster uh, half, what do you call it? Interlude-ish, you know what I mean? But we felt like it was supposed to be longer, but we didn't want to just, you know, extend this for the sake of having a longer song. And it needed a chorus. And I think I tried over 10 different choruses on that song, uh, both melody wise and lyric wise. And I finally found it, <laughs> but that was the, yeah. the hardest song to finish. When you look at the album as a whole, um, what do you feel was the biggest challenge for all of you to finalize this record? Um, hmm. I'm not frozen here. Wait, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> thinking about an answer. <laughs> um, I think the battle that we had was that we initially started with 25 demos. It came down to 15 tracks and then to 12 tracks. And I know that we ended up on 10 tracks. And I think the biggest battle we had was like the battle between having a to us a perfect record where nobody would ever skip a song, at least like what we're hoping for. And the other side of that, having a a longer album that might, I don't know, like it feels like we're cutting it short because we didn't like we didn't manage to write a full album but the truth is like we had 15 good songs that then became 12 really good songs but then only to be able to call it like the dark and beautiful secrets album and have the same sort of theme and the storyline we needed to cut those two final songs away and i'd rather have a pure product than uh know a longer product that people might skip a song or two and that was one of the bigger the bigger battles that we had cutting those two final songs away from the album just to be able to call it what it is and like really be happy with it i know that it's very it's common today especially with like Drake or Taylor Swift or like, you know, major, major artists to have an album with 22 songs, because obviously that's going to be more streamed and it's going to be a better revenue and it's going to be, you know, maybe you can bring in a track for this, you know, a very specific type of fan and then have a couple other songs for another type of fan. But I think we're not ready to go that far. We wanted to have a perfect product that might, you know, that feels honest really to people right i i i mean i can't wait for this album like the tracks that you guys have released so far like uh, it's just like you mentioned like they're perfect they go with each other um so i'm definitely excited for this and mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I hope that this brings a new audience for you guys as well. Because like I said, Babylon was my first introduction to the band <laughs> through YouTube. So I, you know, I hope this album brings a lot more audiences uh, to Normandy. Me too. Like it was never, as I said before, it was never intended to be uh, an album that was going to break us into a new audience, a type of audience. It was more an album that was supposed to bring us closer to the fans that we already have. Yeah. But now it feels like it might be able to do both <laughs> in the same time at the same time. So we'll, we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens. But um, as long as we can stand behind the the album and really think that it's our best album so far, then I'm really happy. And that's yeah. the case here. That's perfect, man. Well, I mean, thank you again for taking the time and congratulations with with this record and like the releases so far and um you know being able to open up to your audience the way that you did this time around this vulnerability level is like super intense but i feel like it it's gonna help and save other lives as well just by knowing that you know someone else feels the same way or felt the same way yeah it's gonna be hard to say where we go from here though like what's the <laughs> next album gonna be about we have no idea <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll know. quit now <laughs> as, as long as you focus on this record now then you know i think that'll yeah, yeah. the, the stars well, we will start, align on their own we started demoing now for the next album and as i as i told you before here we start with the music and the production to just find a nice vibe and then we'll see where the lyrics end up yeah. so for now i'm excited for the next album as well but we'll see when i start finishing <laughs> some lyrics and ideas i might hate myself for everything i do so <laughs> Yeah, it'll be an issue for sure. Well, well, enjoy the moment for Dark and Beautiful Secrets now. And uh, thank you again for taking the time, dude. Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more. And I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.